Now, from the Paxa Studios in downtown Honolulu, the Sports Animals on ESPN Honolulu. ESPN Honolulu at 92.7 FM and 1420 AM. I'm Josh Pacheco. All of our guests, when they appear, they do so courtesy of the Aloha Kia hotline. At Aloha Kia, uh, you know a guy. It is, uh, it's, it's the final Monday before Christmas. We've got a Monday night football matchup that is, well, um, well, it, it, it was tasty back in April when the, uh, when the schedule was released. I would say, um, because, you know, I'm, I'm thinking of food and I haven't eaten lunch yet. Not a good idea going into a show. Uh, you're going to have to get me a Snickers at about 4.30 after I go on a couple of rants here. Um, in April, Rams and Packers looked like uh, a Morton's The Steakhouse kind of, uh, kind of Monday night football matchup. Today, what are we, December 19th? We're, we're on the way before Christmas. It's one of the last few Mondays of the year. And Rams and Packers looks like um, something that just came like a like like a like a fine piece of steak that not long ago was at the butcher shop. Um, I, I that might not have been the best visual, but that's kind of the best way uh, to to look at this Rams Packers matchup, which will uh, kick off coming up in about a half an hour. Uh, if you want to listen to the game, it's on CBS fifteen hundred. If you want to watch it, it's on ESPN Television. It's also on ABC. Uh, we have tickets to the Hawaiian Airlines Diamond Head Classic. Uh, we've got tickets to the Easy Post Hawaii Bowl, which is coming up on Saturday. So uh, we've got a lot to do. It is also cold. Um, I, just a little while ago, uh, we, we did a site check over at the uh, Connie Kapila Grill. That's where we're going to be in Waikiki tomorrow night for the uh, Coaches versus Cancer Special which you'll hear uh, right here on ESPN Honolulu. Uh, that's at uh, 7 p.m. Saturday, or Saturday, tomorrow, uh, right after the Sports Cards and Collectibles show. And uh, we'll have seven of the eight coaches there. Uh, Pepperdine's not going to be there. That's because Pepperdine uh, played a game today. They're not going to get it until uh, late tomorrow night. Pepperdine had their final tune-up before the uh, Hawaiian Airlines Diamond Head Classic against Cal State LA, which is a uh, Division II team. And they defeated him 92 to 69 after shooting 61 percent from the floor, and 52 percent from outside the arc, and then out rebounded them 43 to 23. So um, they needed that because their previous game, they went to Grand Canyon, um, took on uh, took on the Lopes, lost in overtime. So they were in Arizona. I think it was Friday got back into California, played an afternoon game today against the Golden Eagles, and then, uh, you know, right on a plane tomorrow, and then they'll get in here tomorrow night. So we'll have seven of the eight coaches, uh, except for Pepperdine, and we'll be with you for an hour. Tickets, by the way, still available for that Coaches versus Cancer uh, Palhana party, and that is at uh, HawaiiBowlFoundation.org. It was also... A really, really fun weekend. Soccer. Uh, what a wrap-up to the World Cup yesterday. There were some wild things in the National Football League, both Saturday and Sunday, that uh, I'm sure we will track down as uh, as we go over the course of the afternoon. And, of course, we invite you to text in and call in 
at 808-296-1420. That is how you can reach us on this very program. Um, but we've, we've got to start with the lead-in to, uh, to Monday Night Football, which is, uh, which is coming up here in just a little while. And as I mentioned, this is, this is not as, as sexy of a matchup as I think you would have expected. But this is still interesting for a, a couple of reasons. Uh, both of these teams are certainly in, in different situations. We know uh, both of these teams will not win a division. Uh, those have been wrapped up. Minnesota won the North in, improbable, uh, in an improbable way. Uh, on Saturday against the Indianapolis Colts. And then, of course, we know what the San Francisco 49ers did on Thursday against the Seattle Seahawks to win uh, the NFC West. But when you think of of what it is to play for, uh, there is still quite a bit to play for. You know, Green Bay is still in a, in a playoff position in the NFC. And uh, at 5-8, and eight, uh, a, a win gets them a game behind Seattle and Detroit. They're right now uh, a game and a half back. And considering the final three games, considering how much or how little, depending how you feel about the Detroit Lions, that you can trust them. And Seattle, who is seven and 7-7, seven, there is a lot of uncertainty in the last three weeks of the season. You know, there, there there's also the... Aaron Rodgers factor, which we can't forget, and, and it can get kind of nauseating sometimes, understandably so, because I don't know how many people really want to keep talking about Aaron Rodgers, uh, but truly, I think we are watching a crossroads in Aaron Rodgers' time in Green Bay. We know the injury situation that he's playing through. He is not even close to 100%, but we also know at some point, Green Bay has got to make a decision on on Jordan Love, and we've watched Jordan Love play, and Jordan Love is not that at, at, at least from what we saw, uh, was not that bad. And so, you know, at at some point you've got to make a decision. You you drafted him. It's been what three years. You've you've barely played him. You've got to make a determination on uh, whether you feel like Jordan Love is next, or if you've got to stick with Aaron Rodgers and. Uh, you know, stick it out one more year. It almost feels like a year-to-year thing with with Rodgers. You also realize that you can't put it all on him. Uh, I, I think there is still a, a real question mark on uh, how good that coaching staff is, and I think there is uh, real questions about with how young uh, they are in certain skill positions, how well they were built to win now anyway so uh, you know it, it all it all comes back to to Rogers I have said maybe not necessarily about him but I have said about others in similar situations I have said that MVPs elevate talent uh, Aaron Rodgers has been an MVP and I don't, you know, this is clearly not an MVP year. This is clearly not a, not a uh, not a banner year for him. But but I have always believed that MVPs do not make the excuse of well, we're not good because we don't have the right talent. We're not good because 
um, you know, we're too young. There wasn't a priority in in making us better in the off season. You know, Tom's going through the same thing. Tom is also forty five. Aaron Rodgers is not even in his forties. Um, but Tom is not at a, at a at an MVP level. I would argue Tom's got better around him in some areas. Both dealing with injuries. Both uh, both teams are not a hundred percent. Uh, the worst quarterback in this situation was is is Aaron Rodgers, and I I don't really mean to make any kind of comparisons, but but it is what it is. Um, but both aren't at MVP caliber levels, so you ask yourself, or you have to ask yourself at some point, when do you kind of um, when do you kind of move on? When do you realize? that regardless of of how you build, regardless of what you put around, that if you don't have someone who can elevate, if you don't feel like your guy can elevate your team, then I think you have found you found yourself in a position where you've maximized your value and it's time to move on. I always think about Bill Belichick and how Bill Belichick with sometimes all pro offensive linemen. Bill Belichick knew that at some point there would be a time where you would have to move on and he would make some kind of a trade and he'd get some value back and, you know, New England wouldn't skip a beat. Of course, those were also at times where Tom Brady was on the roster. So it's, it's very different, but good coaches, good front office executives, don't lead with their heart. They don't let themselves get tugged around by their, you know, nostalgia or um, any feeling of, you know, oh well, but it's Aaron. Oh, but it, it was Brett. Well, we saw what happened with Brett and how they kind of made that transition. You can't do the oh buts. You can't do the. Well, you know, but 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 the fans, I don't know how the fans love them anymore, but you can't pull that stuff. You know, you have to at this point make the decision that is not led by heart, is not led by emotion, but is led by the eye test and is led by depreciation of value. And there is a clear um depreciation of value, like it or not. Um, and, and that's what Green Bay is going to have to evaluate whether they make the playoffs or not here in the last four games of the season. And also Green Bay coming off of a, a really late bye week. And so we'll see how that that kind of factors in. The other aspect, I think, um, well, the other the other aspect of this Monday Night Football game is we're previewing Monday Night Football here on, uh, on, on ESPN Honolulu at 92.7 FM and 1420 AM. The other aspect, I think, of, of, of how we approach this game, we talk about, on, on one hand, depreciation with a quarterback. On the other hand, I think we have unknown value. And that's Baker Mayfield, who is starting in one of the coldest temperature games he has ever been in. What did I see the graphics say earlier? I think it was either 12 or 18 degrees. It is well below freezing. And uh, you know, it is the frozen tundra, quote-unquote, living up to his name. But Baker Mayfield is in a position where every game is kind of a fight for a job. 
whether that job remains in Los Angeles with the Rams, because I think there is very honest concern about Matthew Stafford. And frankly, we've talked about that concern going back to the beginning of the year. And if you heard me on whichever one of our shows I had been on at that point in time, um, you would have heard me say, I think that there's real concern about Matthew Stafford's ability to be effective and his ability to be effective determines how effective Cooper Cup can be. It determines how effective um, Tyler Higby um, can be at that position at tight end. It determines how involved the running game has to be. And Stafford, granted, you know he's he also dealt with head and neck issues, but Stafford was never right. And the ability to shut him down toward the end was 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 really simple. So here sits Baker Mayfield, who now has. A, a week and a half to prepare for a game after going to L.A., getting signed 48 hours later, coming off the pine and arc, you know, you know, building a win for his team, going 22 of 35 for 230 yards and a touchdown uh, in unlikely circumstances. And we know Baker Mayfield's a starting quarterback. We know Baker Mayfield's got a ton to prove. These last four games for him, for a team that can do what? No better than what a game above or, or game below 500. They're four and nine. Um, and really, while not mathematically eliminated yet, they probably will be, um, you know, if they lose in this game. But, uh, but very much an opportunity for him to kind of audition for a starting job somewhere. And I can think of potential places where we would be talking about a starting quarterback job for Baker Mayfield. And you know what one of those places includes? Right there in L.A. with the Los Angeles Rams. If he can play well in the last couple of weeks, Baker Mayfield in L.A. could be the perfect fit. But I also think of New Orleans. Um, that situation's been kind of weird this year with, with Winston and, and, and Andy Dalton, who's taken a lion's share of, uh, of snaps this year. I think of Atlanta um, less so uh, as they've seemingly committed to Desmond Ritter now, but I think of Atlanta and, and, and that situation. I think of Seattle, if Seattle continues to plummet down the stretch, how committed they're actually going uh, to be to Geno Smith. Um, I think of Arizona. Kyler Murray's really good. Kyler Murray's banged up, and Kyler Murray's starting to find himself with a little bit of an unhealthy reputation. And these are just NFC locales. Um, Houston, Houston is a quarterback and a ton more away from being a competitive team. Uh, Indianapolis cannot be happy with where they currently sit. Um, there are, there are teams that could find themselves in a need of a, a legitimate starting quarterback next year. And Baker Mayfield could be that guy if he can prove himself to be that. He's got the ball right now. Rams have the ball right now. We'll keep updating you on Monday Night Football uh, through our Sports Center updates and our M Dyer Global scoreboard, which is coming up a little bit later on in the show. Uh, you can text us at 808 296 1420. We'll go to the text line coming up on the other side. You can call us at 808 296 1420. We'll take a look at surf right now on, uh, frankly, not a, day, uh, not a great day to surf. Uh, it is the Sports Animals. I'm Josh Pacheco. You're listening to ESPN Honolulu.
get a Sports Center update in coming up in uh, just a little while. Update you on Monday Night Football. It is the Sports Animals here on ESPN Honolulu. Josh Pacheco here. Uh, all of our guests appear courtesy of our hotline. I said we would go to the uh, text line. Yes. Uh, texter from the 291. Had a couple of texts. I'll get to this one. I'll get to the other ones a little bit later on. Merry Christmas, Josh. Did you enjoy one of the best World Cup football finals? I knew we were going to get to this at some point. I figured we'd fast track it to now because it is one of those stories of the weekend as much as we talk about the National Football League. Uh, and there were there were some crazy things that happened in the National Football League. Yeah, I did get to enjoy. And now I didn't, in all honesty, I didn't wake up at 5 a.m., I uh, was running errands all day on Saturday, uh, and I just I, I I knocked out, didn't set the alarm, but I got up uh, right before. I, and, and I hope I don't get I, I don't get criticized for that. Sorry, uh, I don't watch sports 24 hours a day. Um, but I woke up just before seven and got the the end of regular time, and then uh, the all the extra time. And uh, as 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 well as the penalty kicks, I don't usually when I watch sports, I'm usually pretty calm. I don't I don't yell. I don't scream. I don't I don't I'm 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 just watching and I'm just kind of like zoned in. Um, I don't I don't add a lot of emotion to it. Wasn't that way yesterday during especially the uh, the the second extra time that uh that we saw in that world cup final um that was uh that was some of the most dramatic television scripted sports regardless that that i have seen and that's one of the 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 best things i get asked every once in a while are you tired of watching sports my wife asked me that every once in a while and no um that kind of excitement and unpredictability is is fun um, and it keeps you glued. And I knew at that point I was not going anywhere um, once it got to to extra time. But it, that that extra part of it, it's it's not just the fact that it was a, a, a match that went to penalty kicks, but it was who made it happen. And uh, we'll talk about that a little bit more coming up on the other side. I mentioned we were doing a site check for uh, tomorrow. Because tomorrow we'll be at the uh, Coaches versus Cancer Powahana Party at the Connie Kapila Grill at the Outrigger uh, Reef on the Beach in Waikiki. Come by. Uh, we're going to talk story with Iran Ganon and other participating coaches from the Hawaiian Airlines Diamond Head Classic. There is a silent auction with a lot of great items. Get your tickets and learn more about that silent auction at hawaiibowlfoundation.org. More on just an instant classic that's coming up after Sports Center. This is ESPN Honolulu. It is Monday Night Football. It's the Rams versus the Packers. The big screen's at 8.50 next to Leeward Bowl. Football plus chicken wings, spring rolls, mandus, soybeans, kalbi crab, artichoke dip, and more local kind poo-poo, plus a big selection of craft beers and whiskey. So stop by 8.50, serving up football, food, drinks, and good times there in the Pearl City Shopping Center. 
Uh, all of our guests, when they appear, they do so courtesy of the Aloha Kia Hotline. We'll get another update of the M. Dyer Global Scoreboard coming up in a little bit as the Packers are on the board against the uh, Los Angeles Rams. Uh, but we were talking about the uh, the World Cup, and, and if you're one of those casual viewers i would consider myself i don't i don't want to insult anybody um i would consider myself a casual viewer i'll watch the world cup i'll watch some soccer here and there but other than that i'm not like um you know i i'm I'm not an aficionado or someone that is just kind of always watching i watch when it's important I watch when Team USA is playing in the World Cup when they qualify for the World Cup, and um, you know I uh, and I give some of the, the the big stuff kind of the attention that I I kind of feel like it deserves, and uh, that was kind of it yesterday, which is why um, you know you, you can kind of respect I, I I've I've got my opinions on the game and I've got my opinions on format. But you know what I I can respect is I can respect two of the best to do it. And I can respect that they do it at the highest level at the most important moments of a match um, to be able to to make that a classic. I I didn't see the ratings number uh, for it, but they say it outperformed expectations. That's that's uh, That's what Fox said today. Uh, but I don't. I didn't see a, a number of how many people watched. Uh, but ultimately, they felt like it was very good. Now, when we talk about the best to ever do it, uh, I, I think we've got to tell those who may not necessarily, wa- uh, you know, be be watching. We've got to tell people we're talking about Messi. We're talking about Argentina. We are talking about uh, Mbappe for France. You know, the two best on the pitch were at their best levels in the biggest moments with, what, 80-some-odd thousand people watching and millions upon millions upon millions watching at home. And you get a hat trick on one end. You get um, a couple of goals from Messi on the other. Messi, by the way, saying that that is his last uh, World Cup. And he goes out a winner in his final World Cup. It's um, you know, it's it's impressive, but it doesn't just take the two. Like we had this conversation earlier on uh, Let's Talk Sports with Kanoa Leahy about you know what you compare that to, and you you comparing it with with greats who match up with one another, um, you know, in in a in a in a different sport. Like for example. LeBron versus Steph. You think of uh, you know the the old days in the NBA with you know Magic versus Bird. You could you could go on and on, um, but every great matchup, every great one v one, is never truly a one v one. If you if you really think about it. Because there is always someone who kind of steps into the frame and comes up with signature moments that add to the importance of uh, of a result. And in, in this match, it was the goalkeeper 
uh, for Argentina, who was uh, who, who was brilliant, got in the heads of France um, in uh, uh, you know in, in in the penalty kicks, had some you know he only had two saves, but had a critical one late, and if not for that, uh, we might be talking a little bit differently about how this match all you know had had played out, which is why I say. Um, we spent a lot of time on Messi and Mbappe, but you know what? There was that, I guess in a way, kind of like the third wheel, uh, but it really wasn't the third wheel. What it really was was you know, we were we were watching uh, the important piece. Like I think of, uh, if, if I had to compare it, not necessarily matchup-wise, like I think of how many titles Robert Ori contributed to because he was an important piece that knocked down three-pointers um, at clutch moments. I think the same thing about Ray Allen late in his career when he was playing for the Miami Heat. Um, I think of, at times, closers in baseball about how a lot of work is done in those first eight innings, and then a closer will come in like a Mariano Rivera. You haven't seen him. They haven't necessarily been important, but the game's been kind of set up for them, and that closer comes in, and, and shuts it down more often than not. Sometimes in the postseason now you're asking for more from closers than uh, than ever before. But I, I think of those situations and how, okay, you'll get Curry versus Steph, but, you know, or I'm sorry, not, not Curry versus Steph because they're all the same. I think of LeBron versus Steph. But honestly, how often is it that the third wheel in the conversation is coming up with the couple of clutch shots here and there that might have eight points, but is one of the most important um, in the game. Timing, etc. Timing is, also, is, is, is always so huge. So, I kind of relate watching that and, and not wanting to get too caught up in the, the star watch of it all, um, but also respecting the fact that it took a little bit more than a... Um, you know, a, a hat trick from France's best and a couple of goals from Argentina's best to make it what was a, an, an epic final. It took a little bit more than that. It took some good goalkeeping and it took some drama uh, in the penalty kicks in order to to uh, to make it what it was, which was a sensational final uh, and and one you can kind of respect just just based on the fact that uh, it had. So much of everything. Texter from the 722 uh, in on our text line. You can text in at 808-296-1420. You can call us at 808-296-1420. Josh, please help me. Oh, if you're asking me to help you about soccer, good luck. I try to watch American football, but I just don't get it. Actually, they're needing help with American football. Not Okay, this text took a different turn than I thought. For example... How is it that in football, football only, now this is the American one, the offense can be offside. This is, oh, football, football. He's talking about football, football being uh, being soccer. The offense can be offside. But in American football, the defense is offside. Then says, answer this and I'll follow up with another issue I don't get about American football, Mahalo. Uh, I don't know that I'll have time to get through every issue, but let's just let's just settle in this one. And if you want to get in on another issue, maybe another show. Uh, but let's just settle on this one. Um, there is a, a line of scrimmage 
in American football that there isn't for uh, soccer football. I have to call it that because more people will understand instead of me saying football, football, I don't need to say football 20 times in a sentence. There's a line of scrimmage um, versus a line uh, where a defense is, the last defender is in soccer. So you can be offside on uh, – you know, on, on defense in football because you've crossed that line of scrimmage. You've crossed that point, that neutral point uh, in that formation between offense and defense. That's a, an easy offside. And the rules being a little bit different for uh, football soccer where your line is that last defender, um, yeah, the offense in that point can be offside because your line, your demarcation is the defender. So the defender can't be offsides because the defender is actually setting that line. So when the offense gets beyond that, um, you know, then you have offsides. Did I explain that well enough, Tanner? Did I did I did I do a decent job there? Or did I just make people more confused? I think the easiest way to say it is in in soccer football, the defense makes that line, and in American football, football. The offense is kind of what sets that line, if 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 that makes sense. That's why they're different, but it's also just like you know, different rules, different sports. Just just has the same name, unfortunately. Right. Which yeah. is, if you're confused by that, that's totally fine. But that is also just within the within you know, just learning the different rules of two different sports. Yeah, and it all makes sense. Um, and and both are kind of in, in the interest of fairness. Um, if you have offensive players who are getting past the defender all the time in soccer, you'd probably have a lot more goals uh, for starters. So you're kind of like keeping the game from getting out of hand. You're keeping every match kind of kind of competitive. They don't like um, cherry pickers. Uh, yeah, I don't I don't like cherry pickers either. And usually I say that in basketball. I don't like those individuals. I have I have very little respect for those. Um, you know, but in, uh, in, in football, it's also, it's, it's, uh, um, keep things fair, um, not having someone cross the line of scrimmage and then getting to the quarterback where you might have, you might end up in that situation like 10 sacks a game. Um, and that's not fun. So there's a, there's a point, there's a reason for it. Hopefully, uh, that texter who has a, has a question about American football, and needed that explained is is uh, feeling a little more well um, uh, well informed and uh, and hopefully that makes a little more sense as to uh, why you would have that. We're not gonna do uh, we're not gonna do rules all, all all show. I've got three hours and I got a lot to do, so we won't we won't do rules questions. But I I, I think it's it's good in the moment. I'm not I'm not gonna spend time. I have my my own issues about soccer formatting. I'm not a big fan of the way extra time is, but you know what? I'm not going to let that get in the way today, um, and I don't. And I don't think you should either. Um, I think you know whether you you have your questions about offsides or whatever. Look, I um, I believe it is important sometimes to put those things to the side and to appreciate the kind of greatness that is in front of you, whether it's one great match or it's one great star. Um, I think it's important every once in a while to just be able to to, to let that be the story, and uh, because I know soccer can be polarizing, some people can't stand it. Many some some people love it, um, and are some of the most devoted that you will find. I'm not going to let the petty stuff get in the way. Yesterday was awesome. 
And uh, if you can't enjoy that, then I, I, I don't know what to tell you. Let's get to our M. Dyer Global scoreboard. It is brought to you by M. Dyer Global, moving Hawaii into the future. Uh, final 40 seconds of the first quarter, Monday Night Football on uh, ESPN and ABC. It's also on our sister station, CBS 1500. Aaron Rodgers just threw a pick, missing a wide-open receiver by a good about four to five yards. One of the worst throws I have seen him make. But then again, we are talking about, what, 12-degree weather? So I guess uh, I, you'll, you'll get some errant ones here and there in 12-degree weather. Packers have a 3 nothing lead. Uh, they've got 28 seconds to go in quarter number one. Again, if you want to hear that game, it is on our sister station, CBS uh, 1500. College basketball, uh, really nothing to go by uh, when it comes to top 25 games. Uh, that will really get back tomorrow. But Hawaii's opponent in the uh, Hawaiian Airlines Diamond Head Classic on Thursday, which is Pepperdine. Uh, Pepperdine got their final tune-up before the Classic by playing Cal State Los Angeles and winning that game uh, 92-69 to to improve to 6-5 and on the season. And they got a really strong effort from uh, Maxwell Lewis, their uh, sophomore forward from Vegas, who had 26 points, 4 rebounds, 5 assists, 3 steals, Four threes knocked down. He was 10 of 16 from the floor. It's a strong effort for Lewis. Pepperdine, Hawaii, 6 o'clock-ish tip on Thursday uh, from Simplify Arena at Stan Sheriff Center. And I guess real quickly, uh, from the NBA on the scoreboard today, uh, you've got 132 to go in the third quarter. Cleveland's up 86-67 on the Utah Jazz. Final couple of ticks in the third, Philadelphia 78 and Toronto 74. That's your M. Dyer Global scoreboard brought to you by M. Dyer Global. Always on the move. I'm Josh Pacheco. You're listening to ESPN Honolulu. I really can't stay. Baby, it's cold outside. I gotta go away. Baby, it's cold outside. This evening is big. Sports Center update is coming up in just a little bit. We'll talk about some of the uh, the wackiness from uh, the NFL weekend coming up in just a little while. And uh, Hawaii football recruiting news. Man, this is fun. I just said that in rhythm. I don't know if you could hear it. I was clapping my hands to go along with it because I don't remember the last time I have been pumped up to be on Twitter <laughs> and to see uh, Hawaii football recruiting news, to see uh, Jeff Reinbold putting up the uh, gif of the, uh, the, the, the the Hawaii cheerleader uh, surfing on the hands of her fellow cheerleaders um, on a Pac-12 network game. Um, I don't know that I have been excited, uh, as excited to see Coach Sheffield putting up a uh, Scott Hall gif, uh, saying one more for the good guys every time they're able to get somebody. It is, um, it is, it is weirdly weirdly fun and uh kind of cool and uh and we'll get into that a little bit because we got to hear earlier from one of those guys who uh, reiterated his verbal commitment not long after being on the radio here uh that's coming up in just a little bit hey uh, uh well, well we'll tell you about our uh espn honolulu Kaliki Maka giveaway. Go to our Instagram page because there is a, another great opportunity for you to win today's chance. How's about uh, an awesome baseball batting glove for the new year? It's courtesy of Sports Stand Sporting Goods. Check out our Instagram at ESPN Honolulu. Have I mentioned, by the way, it is bleeping cold. Um, I, I was 
trying to tie it in earlier, and I and I never really got the chance to do it. Um, but we were we were doing a site check earlier today for um, for our uh, coaches versus cancer event, and I I I got out of the car. I mean, it was cold. It was like seventy. At least that's what um, that's that's what my uh, my phone said. Uh, our our uh, my coworker who was there said it was sixty seven degrees at like one thirty in the afternoon. Now this is just it's it's an extreme Kona low that's come in, and certainly the weather impacts are uh, far far greater than uh, you know any of the uh, the personal inconveniences of being cold. Um, you know, we'll talk about traffic. Traffic, I mean, a little bit lighter as it is because you don't have um, public school going on. Uh, so the traffic was lighter this morning. It's going to be lighter uh, this afternoon. Kind of went through that, uh, you know, on, on the way uh, to the to the home studio today. But, for example, um, you've got a power outage. Holly, uh, well, there was a power outage. Holly, Holly Eva Waialua uh, residents had their power restored just before 3 o'clock this afternoon. Just saw this come down from the National Weather Service. Uh, there is a high wind warning for a couple of different islands. Uh, looks like Koho'olawe, uh, Maui, Lanai, Molokai, and the Big Island. Uh, that running through uh, 6 a.m. tomorrow. There are, uh, we've seen thunderstorms. We, we've seen all that stuff. But it's weird uh, because I am I am looking out my window of my home office here. And I, I remember hearing Chevy Chevalier earlier today on, uh, on Wake Up Today. He said, you don't want to see sun today. You don't want to see sun because that just highlights the instability. Which I've 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 studied weather. I've loved weather. Um, that is one that I have never heard. Was you don't want to see sun, and I'm looking out my window. I don't know what it looks like downtown. I'm looking out my window, and what do I see? I see some blue sky. I see a little bit of sun, and I see some white clouds. There's some gray clouds here and there. Um, but it's that instability that makes you worry just a little bit uh, about what's to come. What's it looking like downtown, by the way, Tanner? Looking nice and chill. A little bit drizzly here and there. A little bit of rain. But from the last time I saw, it doesn't look too bad. I do have the uh, windows uh, closed, though, right Well, now, you, you, so. did have, uh, uh, you did have a tweet that I saw a little while ago saying, what do you mean the possibility of hail? That has been in the forecast. As there was, I saw someone posted a photo of not, it's not like hail, but it was like pieces of ice on the yep. North Shore. So it's mm-hmm. happening, but it's not like, you know, it's not like hail, like balls of ice hurtling at you, but that's that's an interesting new possibility for, for 2022. It, it doesn't happen all that often. I know it's happened before, um, but that's just kind of the uh, the instability of what everything looks like. Just the way that low is uh, uh, just kind of wreaking havoc on this state. By the but way, yeah, yeah, I just opened the windows. There is not a cloud in the sky. <laughs> it is sunny. The sun is going down Bishop Street right now. And like I see a few clouds in the horizon right now, so that's uh that's not a great sign on your part. That's that's yeah, that that sounds like some instability for sure. Um 
but it's kind of weird too. Eh? Is this is why I get so interested in things like uh, uh, in in Mother Nature, and I get interested in weather and kind of how the, all that works. It was just a couple of weeks ago that Mauna Loa had lava coming down from it um, and was erupting and was creating quite a show for visitors and locals alike. I mean, it got it, it got us to spend money to go fly down there for like 14 hours to go and, and, and watch it and, and come back. I mean, it, it had it was it was for it was it was just literally a week and a half ago it was erupting now there is i I think what did i see some reports like eight inches of snow other reports of like 14 inches of snow uh potentially i mean it is it is weird and weird um how mother nature works all right uh top of the hour we'll go through some of the uh, craziness that we saw in the national football league Hey, could someone let the folks over at uh, KITV know that their broadcast of Monday Night Football is now a black screen? I mean, I obviously can't uh, uh, say anything to them right now, you know, doing a radio show here. But uh, I think someone could let them know, do a public service for them, because, uh, you know, the, the, the football fans wanting to see the game that may not have cable uh, are just getting a black screen and uh, they don't get Rams and Packers. Uh, bummer for them. Uh, we're here. Game's on our sister station, CBS 1500, by the way, uh, if you want to listen into it, and we'll get another update coming up at the bottom of the hour. Uh, it is, a, a, a again, a, a weird, weird weather day, um, and uh, we were just talking about it during the break, how weird of a, uh, of a weather day it is. I was just telling uh, Tanner just a moment ago uh, how much they are trying to tell you how bad it is and to not do anything dumb uh there is a high wind warning there's a high surf warning for west facing shores and north facing shores niihau Kauai, oahu molokai north facing shores of maui dangerously large breaking waves of 30 to 40 feet or as emergency management puts it on twitter or to phrase it another way Waves the size of a four-story building are possible. We recommend that you try not to be under them or in their way. Uh, that is as uh, uh, clear and as obvious a recommendation uh, as you can possibly have. Thank you to them. And uh, as, as you heard our traffic guy mentioned a little while ago, there are certainly some impacts that uh, we will keep you abreast of over the, the, uh, the next couple of hours as to what's going on with traffic how that's affecting power and uh, and all of those things. And by the way, thank you to the people who let uh, our ABC affiliate here know about uh, losing Monday Night Football. They got it back. Perfect. In a, in a, a 3-3 game. Speaking of the uh, the National Football League, it is, um, it, it is one of those wild, wild weekends. I mean, I expect something ridiculous to happen here. Uh, between the Rams and the Packers at some point before this game ends. I expect it because what have we had? We have had um, the largest comeback in NFL history, which happened on Saturday between the Indianapolis Colts and the Minnesota Vikings. We have had the um, – I, I, I need to find the right way to put this. The, uh, the loser's lateral – 
that took place in the uh, the Packers Raider or Packers uh, Patriots Raiders game that should have never happened uh, for whatever reason. Uh, you know, the New England Patriots player got, a, a, I guess, a bit jumpy, a bit antsy, and just decided, yeah, uh, we're we're tied, but we really want to win. And so uh, we're going to lateral this and not let this go to overtime for whatever reason there was for that. Um, I have no idea whatsoever. It was um, it, it was certainly a, uh, a, a wild weekend for sure. Uh, but I, I think back to well, we'll, we'll kind of hit a couple of areas of note. I think the first one that I think you obviously have to hit is uh, is is th- is that Indianapolis Minnesota game and uh, to give that game the credit that it's due uh, especially to Minnesota I don't care who you play uh, when you can come back from down 33 as they were um, it, you know usually uh, and we say this many times the game is such a mental sport sports are so are so mental that you're down 33 at one point. I mean, it's very easy to it's 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 very easy to give up at that point. And I think the the other end of that is you're a team like Minnesota. You know you have postseason aspirations. It's also very easy at that point to just say, you know what? Let's think ahead. Let's not necessarily think of uh, what's in front of us right now because you know we got bigger things to worry about. We want to be healthy. We want to get to mid-January. We want to make a playoff run. We actually, you know, we we actually have a chance this year, and let's not do anything that would jeopardize that. Um, that was not the case, and, and and that is what I think is is ultimately the most impressive about, or one of the most impressive things that I take away from from watching that on Saturday is that teams down. 33 points should never be in a situation to come back and partly because they should never put themselves in that situation. If you're a winning team, you should never really be in that position that you should be forcing the issue and trying to come back. But that, that also speaks to the unwavering confidence that that Minnesota coaching staff has in its players to be able to let that happen, not you know, just just give up and and play for Week 16, knowing, look, you know, I, I know Detroit's up and coming, but that division is Minnesota's. Um, you know, there's there is there is no reason to get to uh, um, to get too crazy in Week 15. We're in December. We have to remind ourselves of that. Sometimes we are in December, and this is where teams have to make decisions, especially when you're good. You've got to make decisions on uh, on on when to go full throttle and when to kind of uh, uh, you know dial it dial it back just a little bit, and that's that's one of those areas. But I also look at at Indianapolis. Uh, I said this line earlier today, and I and I stand by it. Bad things happen to bad teams. Being bad enough um, is not good enough. You know, when you are bad and you know you're bad and, and and the funny thing is bad although for a while kind of still in the hunt, but you know you're bad, uh you you know that with the changes that have been made, 
with Jeff Saturday as your interim coach. I mean, the the expectation, I mean, it kind of looks like from a from a distance that you've kind of given up on the year and you're looking ahead to, to something down the road that something else bad is bound to happen. The thing is, though, it shouldn't be that. I'll make that clear. No team up 33 points should lose that lead in football. No team. And um, that says a lot to me about how much that team has just stopped believing in itself. That you can be up, you can do a lot of good things. You can you can do things that put you up on a divisional winning team and still, through all of that, find a way to lose it. That's a team that, despite any good things, still does not believe in itself. And that is and that is a team that, let's face it, um, also does not deserve to have the coach that it does. Um, you are not, I, and I hear people saying, you, you, you've, you've got to fire the interim coach. No, you, you don't compound worse upon worse upon worse. And that's what the, the, the Colts have done. This is worse upon worse, and I don't think you can do much worse at this point. So you know, let the season play out. And, and honestly, look at your roster. This is, this is gut check time. Let your roster determine, hey, who, uh, who deserves more money? Um, you know, who, deserves, uh, who, who deserves an opportunity to be on this team, or do we need to blow this thing up? How much do we really need to do based on um, you know, how, how much do we really need to do based on the draft? What do we got to do? And it's it, uh, honestly, that's where it is. It's disappointing and it's embarrassing. Fr- it, frankly, it's embarrassing. But I don't think you can take your eye off the bigger picture there. The bigger picture is that team is as, as I, I have. I, there's a one in eleven team in Houston that they played against Kansas City. You know they were um, they were they were in it. Houston has been in games that they have no business being in. They're one in twelve. Indianapolis. I mean, it's they've been in games. Jeff Saturday has a win under his belt. But if I if I put Houston, weirdly enough, in the same position that Indy was in, Houston doesn't blow a thirty three point lead. First off, I don't ever know that Houston puts up a thirty three point lead in the first place. But again, just switching things around. If it were Houston in that position, Houston doesn't blow it. This team, specifically, this indie team, did. And um, that is the just underlying, just crud of it all. The crud is that that is what you have to live with here for the final month, and that is what you kind of have to now ultimately, um, you know, you, you kind of ultimately have to just ride out here until you make some changes. Let's face it. Jeff Saturday's not the guy. 
We know that. We knew that before he was hired. Jeff Saturday is not the guy. He will never be the guy. Um, you know, a career in television is always going to wait for him when he gets back, and and that's what he's got. But you've got bigger issues. You spent money on Matt Ryan. Matt Ryan's not the guy. I don't know that anybody there is, quote-unquote, um, your guy. And and Jim Irsay has got to determine, you know, he, he made this call. He made the bed. He he made his bed, and he's got to lay in it. That in firing their previous coach and allowing them to get in a situation where they embarrass themselves with a rookie, that Jim Irsay ultimately made this team worse. Jeff Saturday didn't make the team worse. I mean, he kind of did by by default. But it's not really on Jeff Saturday. This is on Jim Ursay. And that's when the the owner and meddler of that team uh, is going to have to live with for a little while. It is the Sports Animals. You're listening to ESPN Honolulu at 92.7 FM and 1420 AM. Great to have you in uh, as we get you through, in some areas, a sunny, uh, a sunny afternoon. In some areas, it is anything but. In fact, I was just... Uh, um, Looking at, at a severe thunderstorm warning, which is now up for uh, for Hawaii Island until 5 o'clock. Wind gusts up to 70 miles an hour for areas such as Laupahoehoe, Honoka'a, Waimea, Kailua. Um, and, and Tanner, this is for you. They're talking about hail. Um, it could produce hail the size of a quarter, large enough to damage vehicles. They're telling people on the northern section of Hawaii Island to uh, take cover. Because of 70 mile an hour gusts and quarter size hail, so uh, it is a storm certainly to continue to take seriously, as a lot of you have, uh, and good on, on on many of you for being prepared. Let's get a traffic update as we uh, go through all of this and uh, get you through the rest of your Monday. This is the Sports Animals. You're listening to ESPN Honolulu. Oh, the stars are brightly shining. We'll get a Sports Center update in coming up in uh, just a little bit. You're listening to the Sports Animals. I'm Josh Pacheco. This is ESPN Honolulu at 92.7 FM and 1420 AM. Uh, as I said a little while ago, University of Hawaii football recruiting, really, really fun. Uh, so it brings us a good opportunity to go to our recruiting desk. Uh, where Tanner Hayworth has been following all of the hot recruiting details and all of the gifts from all of the UH coaches who can't say a word but can certainly kind of tease what's up there. Uh, Tanner Hayworth, uh, bring back the big board. Tell us what's new that you've seen. So, like you said, a lot of implications and a lot of people saying things that you hope stay true. From the transfer portal, You, we heard from him uh, when he was talking with Kanoa Leahy, both Cam Stone from Wyoming and Stephen McBride from Kansas, they were both on the most recent official visit trip. Both have posted their uh, committed posts on Twitter, so we hope that they keep that pen to paper by we, by the time we get to Wednesday. So that's a wide receiver in McBride who didn't post up a lot of numbers, but at six one one seventy, looking to be a speedster to maybe you know uh, replace Zion Bowens on his way out. And Cam Stone, a really solid corner, played a lot last year 
as well as a good returner for Wyoming. So kind of filling in for both Hugh Nelson and Jalen Perdue a little bit at the same time. When we want to look over to high school today, we've had a couple of pretty good uh, commits. I will put, quote, verbal commits that we think are happening. So yeah. uh, we have teammates from Leighton Christian Academy in Utah, uh, Zoram Patello and Matthew Bailiff. I'm not sure if it's Bailiff, but we'll probably get pronunciations probably. In, the, in the coming yeah. days. So Zoram Patello, he's about 6'5", 225. So he's a big guy. He's probably going to have a year to bulk up and become a good edge threat for the years on by. And Matthew Bailiff is a linebacker, finished uh, 1A All-State in Utah last year, 98 tackles. And he also played a little bit of fullback, I believe, for their offense as he did have a rushing touchdown as well as a couple of short yardage rushes. So he and a couple of other guys like Jamie Otis from Bishop Gorman are looking to really beef up that depth that we need for our linebacker position. Oh, and also, yeah. there's this one that's heavily implicated. We don't know if it's confirmed or not. Defensive end, D'Amato Pecco Jr. That's right. We did not get a commit from, like, the NFL veteran D'Amato Pecco. We got his son uh, from Calabasas. He's also just a athletic freak. He's not as big as his, as his dad, but he is, like, 6'5", 220. So he'll need some time to beef up as well if he wants to be as consistent edge. So these are probably a couple of guys that we're going to shelf off for a year. Have t- uh, you know, Coach Cook have them get in his lab, do what he did to uh, Matangi Thompson and um, Peter Manuma, have their transformation photos. Be ready for that in the next couple summers, maybe. Thank you uh, to the uh, recruiting desk. Nice but a job, very uh, defensive. Build recruiting session so far, which I really, really like. I want to go back to uh, to Cam Stone real quick, and I and I know you mentioned you know you, you hope he keeps the commitment. Um, there is something about integrity that I really appreciate, and I don't, you know, we may just not hear about it enough, and and more student athletes might do this than we know. Um, but I I, I loved what he said earlier. When you know he was talking about how um, you know he had made his verbal to uh, to the University of Hawaii, and he said even after he made his verbal, there were still coaches that were uh, that were calling him, and so um, he at one point, and I don't know how how soon it was, but he at one point said he he told those coaches, and I think he put it up on on Twitter too, that you know he's he's made his verbal. He's sticking to it, um, and that he he doesn't want anybody else to call. That uh, he's respecting the process, and that he's uh, he's following through on his verbal. To me, um, that's the sign of a uh, of, of a really good dude that um, I think you can count on that that you can trust. And I, I really liked when I heard that because I don't know how many people just kind of. Uh, um, kind of leave that open to, um, you know, kind of wait to the last moment and then let anybody, you know, kind of sway them. I I also think a little bit about, you know, how some kind of just watch what is going on. For example, like I think of, um, I I think of what happened at, at, at Oregon today, Bo Nix announced that he was returning. So the quarterback who had committed to Oregon decommitted 
and announced he was going to UCLA. You know, some will will leave that open and you know let their options play out to the very end because what if someone you know does offer something really good with a really good cost of attendance stipend and a a really good opportunity that might be better than Hawaii, then you know some might jump at that chance, and I kind of understand. Um, you know that that to me tells me a lot, but I I think the thing and and I don't know. I really hope that I'm not getting caught up in Twitter hype. I really hope that what we're seeing on social media, and I, and I have no I have no reason to believe it's not, is genuine. Like it is, it is, um, you know, it's it's really truly like a concerted effort. And all these things are coming in, and all this work is being put. Like I, I have no reason to believe otherwise. Um, but the hype machine, and maybe it's just because Hawaii's coaching staff knows how to use social media, knows how to reach out to recruits, knows how to engage a fan base in a way that is different than what Nick Rolovich used to do, because he kind of did it by himself. And then, um, you know, a, a, along with that, I think of. Um, Todd Graham's staff that really you know, did nothing. And, um, and and I hope I'm not falling into that trap of buying in on a lot of the hype and not buying in enough on uh, just simply, like, uh, you know, the fact that this is kind of normal. But but Tanner made a good point, and I, and I want to get to it when we come back because I, I we got to get surf here. Um, but a lot of it is just sheer numbers. Um, which makes a lot of difference. We'll talk about that coming up after a Sports Center update. We'll update Monday Night Football and more. Uh, this is ESPN Honolulu, 92.7 FM and 1420 AM. Stand by. We've got Easy Post Hawaii Bowl tickets. We've got. Hawaiian Airlines Diamond Head Classic tickets. We've got a lot of that still to come here until 6 o'clock. It is the Sports Animals. I'm Josh Pacheco. You're listening to ESPN Honolulu at 92.7 FM and 1420 AM. I want to finish up what we were talking about on uh, University of Hawaii football and um, and, and bring back uh, uh, Tanner from our recruiting update desk. Because um, you mentioned a stat to me. I don't know if it's a stat or whatever you want to call it. But you mentioned something to me that is a an interesting difference as compared to what we've talked about in previous years. And that is just sheer numbers. Right? I mean, the, the, the number you brought up, how many recruits, how many commits Hawaii has here in this early session uh, before the uh, the early signing period – as compared to numbers that have committed in the past. I don't know if you want to share that number with us, but just kind of that that number um, is, is kind of fascinating, right? Yeah, so when you look at the early signing period of 2021, we came down with nine recruits. Mm-hmm. And that would eventually turn to eight as uh, Chigozi Anusium uh, flipped to Colorado State after uh, Todd Graham left. Um, right. But... Then you look to this season, 
And it's actually a different number than what I told you. And this also includes gray shirts. So I think that would actually be more included in like the next period, technically. I'm not really sure how gray shirts work exactly. All I know is is that they commit, but then their scholar but their commit actually counts for next season. It's a whole process. Uh but so far if you include high school recruits, JUCO guys, gray shirts and transfers. Right now, I believe we are on 22 guys Man. that could possibly sign on Wednesday. That is what, what I think we kind of have to like work through is you take the number and then you kind of factor in we're at 22. Why are we at 22? Because this staff has worked a lot harder to try to win the early signing period and uh, and get most of its work done now? Or are we at 22 because of desperation and need? Um, or are we at 22 just simply because we just kind of got lucky to be at 22 and there are a lot of, uh, of student-athletes that want to make their decisions now? You know, the transfer portal, whether you like it or not, is, you know, it's a thing, and it's going to continue to be a thing, and... You know, I know some coaches continue to complain about it, but it is what it is. Um, and this is just kind of going to be the norm. Um, and, and I kind of feel like, and it's, and it's not meant as any um, disrespect to the number and the work being put in, but I do feel like this is kind of a norm, that you are going to see more of big numbers like this, and, and I, th- I think you're going to see more... Uh, programs kind of in this position because how much do you want to wait until National Signing Day next month um, or in early 2022 when the early signing period is such a uh, it's such a big um, it's such an important moment an important day that you got to win you got to win the early signing period Um, you've got to instill you've got to instill enthusiasm in your fan base You've got the transfer portal that is so hot that you've got to take care of any perceived issues of depth. Whether, you know, I think with Hawaii, we've talked about this quite a bit. We've talked about it on the defensive side of the ball, especially on the line. Um, that you've got to hit that as soon as you can. And if you can bring in, you know, uh, if you can bring in good talent from the transfer portal and win that early, that. You're setting yourself up well for National Signing Day with whatever work you have to do left. You're setting yourself up well, um, I I think, in years down the road because I I think there's one other aspect to it that I don't think we talk about enough, Tanner, and 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 that is um, we're not talking enough about how this looks. I am a big optic person. You know that better than anybody. That when you can land these amounts of players and you can kind of be ahead of the curve on how programs are adjusting to the transfer portal, which I want to give what is going on here um, a lot of credit to. I I do believe that there is an adjustment to the transfer portal that, um, you know, does factor in that word spreads that potential recruits for 2024 potential recruits for 2025 as they start looking at at their potential and what's to come that they notice 
that they see that all right, there is a um, there is a team that certainly you know cares. There is a team that is certainly going to be aggressive in recruiting, and if they come calling and they are interested in me, that that yeah, uh, I'm going to give them a real good look. I don't I don't I don't know how you view it. I I I see it as quick adjustment to the portal landscape and organized recruiting uh, that you have you've organized how you're going about your business you've organized what you are really going after and you're getting it done and i think those two things kind of work hand in hand to see you know to kind of put hawaii where they're at right now i think it's just vastly different from the view of last year where you're coming off of just just a terrible way to end your year I think we can all yeah. agree on that. Yeah. And then to come away from early signing period with only nine guys, sure, a couple of those guys did stay on to become, you know, guys that are still here. So, you know, thanks for those guys. Like, I think Vertel Edwards is probably the one guy who I can look at and say, you know, he's probably the biggest impact guy to come in from that Todd Graham recruiting period. Mm-hmm. But now you look at how we ended this year. Sure, it ended with a loss, but there was a lot of – a lot of improvement that a lot of, that a lot of the uh, Hawaii fans could see from the program, and coming out of it, the main focus was: look, we want to recruit the defensive line, we want to recruit defense, we want to get faster, and immediately you see defensive ends start to commit, you see defensive tackles start to commit. We're seeing a couple of cornerbacks and linebackers, and you're like, okay, here it comes, and we have a transfer wide receiver. And so far, one, you know, offensive tackle, which you obviously you want more than just two guys on the offensive side. Yeah. But if you look at the biggest struggles of, you know, Hawaii seasons and something that could use a lot of help, it's that defensive secondary and pass rush. And right now what we're seeing is a full commitment on all ends to provide that help. And I think if we get a lot of these guys to sign on Wednesday, it's going to make February when the official signing period, you know, opens. I feel like that's only going to make that much sweeter because then you start to find, okay, your diamonds in the rough. Who do you want to get? Who is, you know, still trying to make that decision? And then we wait for that. I think when you look at a position group like this, I think it's a lot of fun because you see a lot of high school guys, Juco guys, transfer portal guys that you could be excited about. Like, I am ecstatic to see Sauce Williams in a Hawaii jersey next year. Yeah. I yeah. What's really cool is that uh, where he comes from, Trinity, uh, Trinity Valley Community College, mm-hmm. a lot of their games they broadcast live on YouTube, a.k.a. there is full games worth of yeah. this season of Trinity yeah. Valley Community College. And you could just watch this bowling ball of a man just eat up guards and chase down the quarterback. Yep. And just watching that makes me so excited because now you think, okay, now you think of Jamie Otis from Bishop Gorman. You think of Elijah Palmer, who had two punt Richard touchdowns this year and three interceptions. You look at all of this and you're like, okay, I told myself I wouldn't buy into this hype, but I don't know. I'm I'm starting to it's feel a little to. bit of that Zoa energy, you know, from oh, Coach Sheffield. Oh, no, Stridge. don't go, no, to see don't go another, there. You're starting to see a couple of more for the good guys. You're starting to see uh, 
all everyone kind of come in with the surf from Jeff Reinbold. You're seeing all that, and it's like it's hard to not get excited for this, you know? Don't go there with the Zoa energy. We don't need the Zoa energy. I we thought have... it would be a fun callback. Okay, I thought you, it would be you, a fun callback. You just want, uh, you want the Rock to hear you, so you can get some kind of free supply of Zoa energy. That's all you're doing. Well, I'm scared that he'll just see me as a pawn in his plan for the DCEU. Personally, so he has his old drama going on with the DC Cinematic Universe right now. So I'll let him handle with that. I'm sure he has someone else working on all the Zoa commercials and all you of that. You mean because the movie sucked? I didn't even watch the movie. <laughs> Neither did I, but I heard it was uh, it was a disaster of a movie. One of the few things that The Rock actually did not do well in, which was uh, uh, the, the movie, by the way, if you're wondering, is called Black Adam, uh, and apparently it bombed in theaters. Uh, I'm not used to The Rock not doing well in anything. So uh, it's kind of it's kind of weird. He can main uh, focus on XFL, and then I think he'll be fine. I'm a little worried. I, I, no, I'm not worried about the XFL. Um, I think it will be okay, but I wonder what his definition of it being okay is as compared to uh, um, what the industry expectation of it being okay is, and what my expectation of it being okay is, and whether it is a watchable product, I'm kind of uh, I'm kind of curious to see how that plays out. Anyway, uh, time for our M Dyer Global scoreboard. It is brought to you by M Dyer Global, moving Hawaii into the future. Uh, just a um, real great, high-scoring Monday Night Football game underway. It's on ABC. It's on ESPN Television. That high-scoring Monday Night Football game, 10-6 Green Bay uh, at the half. Uh, some of those numbers, in case you're wondering, from that first half, between Aaron Rodgers, who was 10 of 15 for 108 yards and an interception, and uh, Baker Mayfield, who we were, um, you know, we were we were building up before the game. Baker Mayfield had a has a really good opportunity to kind of dictate his near future based on what he does as a starter. Well, uh, eight of 14 for 75 yards is Baker Mayfield, and. Uh, uh, right now it's a 10-6 game, plenty of game to go there. Uh, meantime, in uh, in the NBA tonight, 2.54 to go in the fourth quarter. Atlanta's got a 124-113 lead on the Orlando Magic. And uh, college basketball, as we mentioned earlier, no top 25 action today. Uh, but we were paying attention to Pepperdine's game against Cal State LA. Pepperdine wins in uh, its final tune-up before the Hawaiian Airlines Diamond Head Classic. There are uh, Big West games today, which includes uh, Cal State Fullerton taking on the Titan known as San Diego Christian. Uh, Also, uh, CSUN hosting Idaho. Idaho's already been burned by a Big West team. Uh, uh, Pullum hit a a game winner for UC Riverside uh, at Idaho about a week and a half ago. And then Long Beach State is hosting the uh, the Mammoth Life Pacific. Uh, That's a uh, 5 o'clock tip. Uh, all those games are 5 o'clock tips on ESPN+. Plus. That's your M. Dyer Global scoreboard brought to you by M. Dyer Global. Always on the move. We'll check on traffic here. This is ESPN Honolulu. Sports Center update in uh, just over 10 minutes. 
Got a couple of uh, uh, pieces of news here in the last hour. Uh, Kailua District Park's pool uh, is closed until Thursday. The fields at the YPO Soccer Complex closed until Thursday. Uh, Honolulu's Department of Parks and Recreation, which I did not realize had a Twitter account until just now. Um, they say uh, they they had damage from today's thunderstorm. So uh, I'm guessing any events, uh, especially if there were supposed to be some soccer games played at YPO, uh, I'm not sure if it's the entire complex or just certain fields, but uh, that closed until Thursday. Kailua District Park's pool uh, closed until Thursday. A couple of other notes here. Uh, Holualoa and Captain Cook on Hawaii Island in a severe thunderstorm warning until 5.30. Wind up to 60 miles an hour. Hail quarter-sized uh, possible. Maui's been facing some power outages. Power restored to 3,000 customers in Wailuku. And uh, Kona, Kona International Airport, they are following safety procedures. Take a look at this. Uh, heavy rain, heavy rains, wind, and lightning are passing over the airport at the Ellison Onizuka International Airport at Keohole. They are holding arrivals and departures. So, uh, and and if you um, if you've ever been to Ellison Onizuka International Airport, um, it it had been a while. I, I was just there a couple of weeks ago. Uh, flew into Kona to go check out the uh, the lava, but that is an airport where you deplane and you board um, not through a jet bridge, not like at, at in Honolulu uh, or in most airports. You are walking from the gate. You are walking toward the plane. It is like it's old school. And uh, given some of the weather conditions, um, that would make a lot of sense to hold arrivals and departures. So uh, if you are planning to, to get to the airport, you may want to uh, check with your airline if there are going to be delays. Uh, certainly, anything going in or out of Kona is going to have delays uh, based on what we're hearing there. So uh, certainly, it is uh, it is a kind of a weird, weird day. Meantime, it looks like things are kind of clearing up here in Honolulu, but uh, power outages, traffic, some of that stuff is still out there, and we'll, uh, we'll, we'll pay attention to all of that. We haven't spent a... We've spent a little bit of time today on, uh, on on the World Cup, which uh, wrapped up yesterday, um, I'm I'm curious for those that watched whether they watched a portion or you watched all of it. If you woke up at 5 a.m. on a Sunday, more power to you. If you went to a bar at 5 a.m. on a Sunday and uh, you were uh, you were treating it like it was five o'clock somewhere, as you know, in, when we talk about the the kind of beverages you consumed, more power to you. Uh, as long as you uh, had a designated driver, of course. Uh, I, I'm curious how many people walked away with the same feeling that I, I think I and others did. And I say this because I feel like the the litmus test for um, how we view something can be very dependent on who it is that's saying it and kind of their background. So, you know, mine, as, as, as you probably know, I, I do watch the World Cup for the most part. I don't watch a lot of um, quote-unquote regular season uh, soccer. I don't watch a lot of MLS. I don't watch a lot of friendlies. I don't watch a lot of Premier League. I don't have Bundesliga. 
you know, I, I, I don't do a lot of that. But I know the World Cup is important. And so when it comes to the World Cup, um, when it matters, I will glue myself in and watch. Uh, I will make that a, um, I, I will make that a point. So you could call me casual. You could call me, um, you could even go less, you know, less than that. And say, well, you only watch when it, you know, it's the big time. You don't really, you know, give as much attention to, you know, anything else. I mean, I, I have my other likes and, and, and I watch those and I spend some time with those accordingly. I wonder how many of the soccer aficionados, those who watch the friendlies, those who watch MLS, those who watch other leagues from around the world, I wonder how many of those people are saying the same things that us, um, I, I, I don't mind saying it because I don't, I don't want to be, um, I don't want to be dishonest. Those of us that don't give enough attention to the sport because don't want to compared to some of the other things that we watch and have more interest in um, are are saying that kind of helicopter in and see an event and go ooh and you know you stare at it and you see how good it is and you give it that attention because it's deserving of that and the drama sucking you in and all of it but I wonder where where those who are just like yeah I watch soccer all the time are you feeling that same thing? Are you one of those people saying, yeah, best ever? Um, you know, one of the best things I've ever seen. Uh, or, or are you just kind of like, well, seen this before. Um, you know, top ten. But you're not really giving it that kind of, that same juice that the, well, casual folks are giving it. You can tell us. You can share it with us. Our number, 808-296-1420. I want to give the sport its due because it deserves it. Um, I don't want to uh, I, I don't, I don't want to move the audience in the wrong direction by, by telling you that all of a sudden I'm a soccer convert. I'm not. I appreciate great moments. I appreciate really good drama. And I appreciate great individual uh, efforts. And I appreciate great timing in uh in certain sequences i appreciate a lot of those things but um are the people who watch it regularly who probably got up at 5 a.m or or you know whatever every day are they feeling that same way or they're just like oh hold on. we kind of expected this this is not a this is not a surprise kind of thought we would get this um get your texts in get your calls in uh, we'll get Sports Center here. I think we got another traffic update coming up at the top of the hour as we're paying attention to uh, how the weather has impacted traffic and the surf as well. Sports Animals, ESPN Honolulu. Hope you are uh, staying safe wherever you are across the island chain. Seems like a lot of the worst weather's now headed toward the uh, south. Big Island, Maui County. Um, one of our old guests, by the way. Um, we haven't had him on in a while. We, we probably will at some point. Bob Thompson, who used to be the uh, former executive at Fox. Uh, we brought him on uh, to uh, to talk about media rights deals because he's worked on some of those with uh, college sports properties. Uh, he's on Maui. 
And um, he has posted over the course of the day on some of the things that he has gone through. A tree fell on his rental car today. And uh, the golf course that he was playing on or was hoping to play on, whatever it was, um, was all puddled up. So yeah, I don't I don't know what's uh, not a fun day for him, uh, not a fun day for a lot of people. But we're going to follow everything as uh, anything that comes in is uh, noteworthy, uh, may affect you, may affect traffic. Uh, we will keep you posted on that over the next hour here on ESPN Honolulu at 92.7 FM and 1420 AM. And we still got uh, easy post Hawaii Bowl tickets. We've still got Hawaiian Airlines Diamond Head Classic tickets. So we've got all that uh, that we still have to do. And we'll lead you off to the Brotherhood, uh, which is coming up tonight. The Brotherhood, Pride, Tradition, and Excellence at 6 o'clock. Um, earlier I was asking you, and, and we opened up the phones to you, uh, if you are a uh, diehard soccer fan, football fan, whatever you want to call it, if you consider yourself that and you watched whether it was some or all of the World Cup final uh, between uh, between France and, uh, and Argentina yesterday, um, are you saying the same things that some of us, ad- admittedly, some of us um, who may not watch as much of the sport, who may not take in, you know, year-round some of that, uh, you know, are you saying the same things as we are? Are you saying that that was one of the best matches that you have ever seen? Are you saying that was some of the greatest performances by an individual uh, or, or a group of individual stars on each side in the same game? Are you saying those same things? Or is it that, um, you know, we're, you're, you're getting caught up in, in frankly, uh, an industry that honestly right now is very much NFL-focused, is very much college football-focused, is, is very much kind of there. Um, you know, the timing of the sport being played when it is, this year kind of colliding with the sport that, you know, a lot of people in this country, in fact, most people in this country, um, you know, do care about. And that is the National Football League, and that is college football, especially with, um, you know, wrapping from the end of the regular season all the way here to uh, to, to bowl season. And so it, it is it is kind of understandable that you have a lot of people that, at, at least this year, that – weren't as in it that weren't as invested you know maybe and and i'll be honest i'm one of them you know i will usually take in a lot more of the world cup than um than i did this year but i have only so much viewing i can give you know i have obligations at home i have the work to do in studio there's there, there's a lot competing for my attention, just like there's a lot competing for yours. And normally I think I'd give the event a little more attention, a little more time, uh, a, a, a little more of my eyeballs and, and my, you know, a, a occasional point in the ratings meter. Not as much this year, which I think is is fairly understandable. But that's why I'm kind of looking for that 
that soccer fan that watches year-round, that has probably watched uh, at, at least half, if not more, of the matches, that has probably lost sleep over the last month, that has probably found ways to adjust their sleeping habits so that they're going to sleep at like 6 p.m. and waking up at like 1, uh, 1 a.m. so that um, they don't miss a moment or they don't miss as many moments. You can text us. Our, our text line is at 808-296-1420. You can call us at 808-296-1420, and uh, you can tweet us at Sports Animals. You can get to me at Josh on the radio. I think what this ultimately did, because keep in mind, um, the next one is in this country, um, and it's going to be spread out throughout the United States, that the momentum from what we got to see yesterday – um, is bigger than just like one particular match. Or for me, you know, what I ultimately got to watch was, you know, the last few minutes of of um, you know regulation, followed by you know all the extra time, and then the penalty kicks. Um, the momentum is bigger than that. It's now, you know, the next four years, you're going to be waiting for. Um, you're going to be waiting for a team USA to qualify, um, which they did this year after not doing so the previous year. You're hoping they qualify, um, and, and 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 you hope that you don't have a uh, a hosted version of the event here that does not feature the host team. You're hoping that that is nothing that you um, that you have to deal with. So you start there. Um, and then you kind of have now this opportunity to remind yourself, all right, this is what the sport is capable of. And and by the way, if you watch enough of it, um, if the event is big enough, um, you will see crowds. It will feel like it will look like 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 NFL football crowds, which is probably a little bit rowdier, a little louder, a little more vocal. Um, the vuvuzelas, the drums, the chants, all of that. Um, you'll find that. You will You will see that in full force. But this is, for, for all of the distractions about what country hosted it, for the distractions of, um, you know, the unfortunate deaths of, um, you know, two journalists, a photojournalist and, and, and Grant Wall, uh, who... You unfortunately passed away while covering a match. You know there there were some of those things. There were human rights issues. There there were a lot of things that were um, sidebar and sometimes front and center notes on this event that were um, easily easy di- uh, distractions from the actual sport. Um, don't have that. We hope we don't have that in four years from now. And by the way, um, I believe we're going to go back to summer four years from now because I cannot imagine a World Cup played in the United States in um, in 2026 played in this weather um, where across the country you are seeing snow, you are seeing frigid temperatures, and Texas is below freezing in some parts. I cannot imagine that. So I'd, I'd imagine we're going back to the uh, to the summer format 
uh, of the games. But I think it's it's clear, and I, and I think what you have to have, regardless of how much you take in, regardless of um, the appreciation of the sport for 12 months of the year is compared to just one, that I think you have to have um, an appreciation for the moment. I think you have to have an appreciation for um, the, the, the gravity of how people, whether it is the stars, the greatest stars of the game, or even um, those who are put in the pressure with very little experience, being put in the pressure of penalty kicks, having to perform with just like one kick or a goalie, one stop or one miss, and that could determine everything about um, whether your team wins or loses and you just, just so happen to have uh, a, a championship at stake. You know, I, I think in, in that kind of situation and moment, I think you can, can absolutely respect the meaning and how we kind of ultimately got to the outcome and why, even for some of the casual ones like me, um, you can appreciate the moment that was given to us. You can appreciate how it is that you got there and you can appreciate how much that will matter for the sport and for people like me or others like me, um, you know, and how much they will watch it kind of moving forward. Our text line, 808-296-1420. You can call us at 808-296-1420. You can uh, tweet me. I am at Josh on the radio. Uh, we're following uh, a lot of different weather issues right now. We're kind of keeping that in the forefront of uh, of what's going on today as uh, we're seeing some weather conditions kind of passing south of us but seeing some of the impacts uh, here on Oahu. Uh, so we're kind of paying attention. Any, uh, any updates on that power, traffic, you'll hear that over the course of the next hour. Right now, uh, let's give away tickets to the Easy Post Hawaii Bowl, which is coming up. On uh, Saturday, I know, it, it, it feels like we are just right around the corner here on the official radio home of the Easy Post Hawaii Bowl with Middle Tennessee and San Diego State. Let's give away tickets to that game. We've got two of them. If you want to go, uh, call in at 808-296-1420. Uh, we'll do a little bit of college bowl trivia uh, to get you off to that game coming up in just a little while. We'll check on traffic here and give away those tickets next. You're listening to ESPN Honolulu. Great to have you in. This is ESPN Honolulu at 92.7 FM and 1420 AM. All right, uh, let's give away tickets to the Easy Post Hawaii Bowl coming up on Saturday between Middle Tennessee and uh, San Diego State. Mike is calling in here. Mike, how are you? Hi, Josh. I'm doing well. Thank you. All right. Um, this is a game uh, featuring the uh, the Mountain West and Conference USA. So uh, um, give, choose a conference for me, and then uh, I'll give you the question. Choose either Mountain West or Conference USA. Oh, uh, let's go with Mountain West. Okay. Uh, here's your question surrounding the Mountain West. Uh, there have been so far two bowl games that have featured Mountain West teams, uh, and both of them won their games. Name me one of the two Mountain West teams that has won their bowl game this year. 
Ooh, I know it was this past weekend. They're front runners. I'll try to help you know. with that. They're front runners. I'm going to just guess BYU. The unfortunate thing about that answer, and, and, and Mike, thank you for calling, is that BYU is not in the Mountain West. Uh, so that's the unfortunate part of that. Uh, but thank you for calling. Uh, our number, 808-296-1420. I can tell you uh, that one of those games aired right here on Saturday as part of a bowl triple header in the uh, Jimmy Kimmel L.A. Bowl presented by, and I've been saying it wrong now for two years, and I've never heard of the brand, Stiefel. Uh, that was played over at, uh, at at SoFi Stadium. That was one of the games. Uh, the other one uh, was played in Texas. That's all we need. Just name me one of the two teams out of the Mountain West Conference who won their bowl game this weekend. Uh, while you think of that and while we line up people at 808-296-1420, uh, what's to come in the Mountain West? Well, Chevin Cordero is going to take the field tomorrow, the uh, famous Idaho Potato Bowl with San Jose State against Eastern Michigan uh, there at Albertson Stadium. That's going to be kind of a, a, an interesting one. Eastern Michigan, 8-4. and four. This is kind of supposed to be a, kind of a toss-up game. So uh, this will be kind of close. Uh, and then uh, Thursday, to me, one of the games I'm most interested in, Baylor and Air Force, uh, coming up on Thursday. Isaiah, thank you for calling in at 808-296-1420. How are you? Good, brother. How are you? Uh, good, man. All right, so I, I gave the question. I'll, I'll, I'll repeat it once again. Uh, two Mountain West teams have played in a bowl game so far. Both of them have yeah. won. Name me one of the teams that won their bowl game this weekend from the Mountain West. Uh, was it Fresno State? Fresno State over Washington State in the Jimmy Kimmel L.A. Bowl presented by Stiefel. That is correct. And for knowing that, you are going to check out uh, another Mountain West team in San Diego State uh, taking on uh, Middle Tennessee in the Easy Post Hawaii Bowl on Saturday. Nice job. Thank you, brother. Appreciate it, my man. All right. Hang on the line. We'll get you taken care of. Uh, We'll get those tickets over to you shortly. Uh, More opportunities to win for the uh, uh, Easy Post Hawaii Bowl as well as the Hawaiian Airlines Diamond Head Classic. In fact, we'll have Hawaiian Airlines Diamond Head Classic tickets coming up um, a little bit later on this hour. Uh, More uh, Easy Post Hawaii Bowl tickets tomorrow morning on uh, uh, ESPN Honolulu with Chris Hart and Gary Dickman. Let's get to the uh, text line here at 808-296-1420. We've been asking you, is is it just people like me? saying that what they saw yesterday in the World Cup was, um, you know, one of the greatest things ever? Or um, is, is, is it amongst the casual and diehard fans alike? I want I, See, I ask that because I want to make sure I'm representing or I'm, under, I'm understanding the representation of both, um, both groups here. Because, let's face it, Sports Talk Radio... Because of who we know listens, and I, and I hope the soccer diehards don't take offense to it, um, but it is a it is a strategy of sports talk radio. That's why you hear it all the time. You hear a lot of football, 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 football. We know the demographics of who listens in. We know what they, more often than not, are listening to and hearing about. A lot of local, a lot of football. 
Um, and and so I don't want to I, I don't want to misrepresent how this is being talked about, regardless of my feelings. My feelings really matter to me, and I'm sure they matter very little to you. Um, but I don't really want to misrepresent the feelings of those who who give this sport a lot. Texter from the 722. Everyone is saying that was the greatest World Cup final ever. Check social media. Also, the next Women's World Cup in 2024 will be played in the winter in the Southern Hemisphere in Australia and New Zealand. One of the New Zealand venues in South Island averages temps in the 30s and 40s in July, the time of the tournament. That that makes sense. Um, when you say check social media, and, and I do, I'm on social media a lot. Um, it's it's sometimes kind of unhealthy, but you know I follow certain people. Um, you know I don't follow everything, and I'm sure you don't follow everything. And so because of that, you know you, we all kind of have like our our followers and, and what we follow uh, based on our interest and likes. And and so I don't yeah I I don't really see all of it. I see some of what what I see, uh, but that doesn't necessarily mean I see everything. And that's why I'm very careful of it. I don't like to do the whole, well, social media feels this way. And all these people who comment, they say this. And, and the reason why I don't do that is because we don't follow everybody. It's like taking a small sample size and blowing it up to make a big deal. So uh, that's why I, I, I don't really go that route. I like the, I, I like the more personal text line, phone call route to kind of figure all that out. Traffic here, Sports Center on the way. This is ESPN Honolulu. Coming up at the top of the hour, it is the Brotherhood, Pride, Tradition, and Excellence here on ESPN Honolulu at 92.7 FM and 1420 AM. Appreciate a lot of you getting your texts in here. Uh, Texter from the 781, soccer is like basketball. If the teams are competitive, the match can be watchable as much as a good high school hoop game. Doesn't have to be on the World Cup or Champions League level. Soccer's best features are that there are few stoppages of play and the match takes only two hours of your day. Extra time only happens in playoff matches like yesterday. Texter also says, I enjoyed watching Coach Bud's team on ESPN Plus this past season when you had matches on the road. The best way to watch soccer is a neutral, which means you are not obsessed with rooting for a particular team. That's, um, I feel like, might split a few people. I can watch as what you call a neutral, as uh, as Tanner Hayworth is currently watching Monday Night Football in despair as the player he needs to do something on the field has just gone into the blue tent. Sorry, Tanner. Uh, that's A.J. Dillon for the uh, Green Bay Packers. Uh, Tanner Hayworth is in the playoffs in our uh, ESPN Honolulu Fantasy Football League and needs A.J. Dillon to do stuff. And Tanner, how far are you away with A.J. Dillon? Well, this is in my friend's match. I am a, I, I win oh. that game because now A.J. Dillon does nothing. But oh. what I'm scared about now is that Aaron Jones is going to start getting some production. As in our work league, Mark Veneri does have H as Aaron Jones, and uh, he's about nine points away and with an entire quarter left. I thought I had accidentally left my mic on because as soon as <laughs> A.J. Dillon went into the injury tent, I just had a – a wailed 
the saddest no you could hear in the office. And right after I said that, you started talking about me. I was like, uh-oh, I must have left my mic on there. You know, I don't know. I don't get to hear everything from the home office, so I might have uh, I, I might have missed it. I, I could be wrong. Um, but uh, going back to what we were talking I'm, I'm sorry. I saw that, and I kind of sidetracked. I, I, I swerved away from the conversation because uh, – um, yeah, I just I I saw that and I immediately thought of you when I saw the blue tent just magically appear on the uh, the Green Bay sideline. I appreciate I, your thoughts. Uh, of course, uh, my my sympathies, and uh, I'll, I'll have a I'll have a get well card uh, in the office tomorrow if you need it. Um, I I feel like this is going to separate a few people when when Texas says the best way to watch soccer is a neutral, which means you are not obsessed with rooting for a particular team. I can do it because I, I, I guess for what I do, I you know like I'm watching my team uh, right now, which is Green Bay. Granted, uh, I am not a neutral, but I feel like I can watch it like a neutral. I am not, and, and Tanner is, has heard very little from me during the breaks. I am not kind of overly fanboying it or getting agitated at an Aaron Rodgers inter- interception or a really bad throw or anything like that. Yeah, I'm very much kind of subdued in watching the game very objectively. Um, I can do that, I feel, because of the job that I do, that uh, I don't want to cloud myself with the, you know, the, the over-fandomness of things, that I like to keep kind of a, 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 an average and, and down-the-middle perspective as much as possible and as, as realistic can be. Um but I think I I think I know people who cannot watch a sporting event, um, or I don't I, I don't know about soccer, but I think I know people who cannot watch things just neutrally. That they have to have a rooting interest, they have to feel compelled as much as they like the sport or not. They have to have a really really compelling reason to watch, and if there is no really good compelling reason. Then, then they don't watch. It also depends on what else is going on. Like if there's if there's nothing going on, then fine. But if you got a lot of things going on, you know, again, um, we are not like people who watch sports twenty four seven. You know, we have we have we we have uh, uh, obligations. We've got bills to pay. We've got mouths to feed. We've, if if you're quoting the song. Um, you have obligations outside of just watching sports, then you've got to sometimes budget your time, and sometimes you will budget your time based on whether you are a partisan about the uh, uh, the matchup, not necessarily just watching just to say you watched. Um, but everybody's different. I just I don't know that I can necessarily see that from uh, a soccer fan point. And I will say the other reason why I don't know how much I, I take that in from a soccer standpoint is what I have watched – I see the partisans. I see the fans with the flags. I see the fans uh, with the the, the noisemakers and you know the, the 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 colors. And it's like I don't know that those individuals, as crazy as they are, who probably uh, find themselves you know spending a lot of money to be able to watch a match or several matches. You know, probably traveled from their home country to Qatar um, to be able to watch all of that. I'm sure that I don't know that those individuals could watch a lot of that just as you know, just a neutral observer. 
that they're in Cutter, they're there for their team, and when their team's not playing and there's matches going on, they might be at a sports bar. And, yeah, and, and even that one individual, uh, I don't know if, if, if it was caught. I think it's like the world feed. For those that don't know, um, a lot of what's televised at the World Cup, it's a world feed that the networks bring in, and they add their uh, their audio, and they add their uh, their announcers and, and some of their graphics to. But it's a world feed. And, uh, yeah, you know, even the partisans, there was one from the, from the winning fan group that, uh, well – um, they happened to have a camera on a woman who just took off her top right as the camera went their way. Um, no word on any FCC violations there. Uh, that, yeah, that's that's how partisan it can be. Texter comes back and says, "You're right. Being a soccer neutral puts me in a vast minority. I don't know. I don't know if that puts you in a vast minority. It doesn't seem like it. Even when a an, an MLS match comes on and I see fans who are you know, bringing their drums and their chanting. It is rarely a moment where if I turn on a soccer match, unless it is like high school or college, if I turn on a professional soccer match in a big city or in a big country, there's rarely ever a moment where it is quiet, where there is nothing you can hear in the background and all you can hear is like the ball being kicked. Um, that is impressive to me and uh, and something that in sports – you know, we should all have the opportunity to celebrate every once in a while because, hey, uh, how often do you get those opportunities where um, you, you're around that kind of fandom? But I don't I don't know that you're in a vast vast uh, minority on that. There might be others who might feel that exact same way in that sport. And uh, if, if they want to make sure that you don't feel like you're in that vast minority, then uh, they can call in and text in and they can share kind of how they feel as far as their uh, – uh, their soccer fandom will uh, will will welcome them in, just like we welcome in and uh, welcome them in uh, all the time. Let's get one more look at our uh, M Dyer Global scoreboard. It is brought to you by M Dyer Global, moving Hawaii into the future. Uh, early fourth quarter, Packers and Rams on Monday Night Football. It is Green Bay with a twenty-four to twelve lead on the Rams. I think it's fair to say a Rams loss here. Um, it doesn't. I don't know if it entirely knocks them out of contention, but it gets them pretty darn close. Uh, six and seven right now in the NFC wildcard picture are, well, seven and seven. Uh, this would get them three games back with three to play. Uh, Baker Mayfield, this is not the kind of game in which he had last week. This has been a lot tougher. Granted, the conditions, I mean, you're in uh, below 20-degree weather, so I would expect it to be a little bit tougher. Uh, but this has been a uh, much different night, much uh, a, a less successful night for Baker Mayfield, who was 11 of 18 for 107 yards and a touchdown. He has been sacked four times. Uh, meantime, Aaron Rodgers on the other end, 18 of 25 for 185 yards, a touchdown and interception. He has been sacked three times in this game. 24-12 Green Bay, about 12 minutes to go in the fourth quarter. Again, that game is on uh, uh, CBS 1500, our sister station. It is also available on uh, uh, ESPN and on ABC television. Uh, meantime, in uh, the NBA tonight, you've got uh, 408 to go in the third quarter. Phoenix with an 85-70 to lead on the Anthony Davis-less Los Angeles Lakers. He's going to be out for a couple of weeks. 
And uh, 11.19 to go in the second quarter. Charlotte 41, Sacramento 30. That's your M. Dyer Global scoreboard brought to you by M. Dyer Global. Always on the move. Uh, let's give away Hawaiian Airlines Diamond Head Classic tickets. We've got a full day's worth of games. That means both sessions are up for you. Uh, you can dial in at 808-296-1420. We will uh, give away those tickets when we come back. We just watched a, an, another random uh, lateral happening <laughs> in the Rams-Packers game. Fortunately, this was not like the Raiders game. Uh, that just happened a short time ago. Uh, we'll give away those Hawaiian Airlines Diamond Head Classic tickets when we come back to wrap up this edition of the show. This is ESPN Honolulu. The Brotherhood, Pride, Tradition, and Excellence is coming up as soon as we are done here on ESPN Honolulu at 92.7 FM and 1420 AM. We've got tickets to the Hawaiian Airlines Diamond Head Classic right here from your official radio home of the Hawaiian Airlines Diamond Head Classic, ESPN Honolulu. Let's say hi to Sean at 808-296-1420. Sean, uh, how are you? Good, good. How are you doing, Josh? Doing good. Um, there is a Pac-12 team who is playing in the Hawaiian Airlines Diamond Head Classic. Can you name me that Pac-12 team? Um, I'll just guess uh, Oregon State. It's not Oregon State. Um, I'd like to say uh, region-wise you are on the right track, but uh, try calling again if you can think of the answer. Bill, I'm going to give you an opportunity here. Uh, name the Pac-12 team that is participating in the Hawaiian Airlines Diamond Head Classic. Uh, Washington State. There you go. Washington State's playing George Washington. Uh, I wonder who thought of putting Washington State versus George Washington uh, on the same part of the bracket line. Uh, Bill, you're going to check out the Hawaiian Airlines Diamond Head Classic. Uh, ha- have fun there. Thank you so much. All right, we'll see you down there. Uh, opportunities to win tomorrow for you uh, with Chris Hart and Gary Dickman on ESPN Honolulu at 92.7 FM and 14.20 AM. Uh, Yeah, Washington State versus George Washington. I wonder if that was random or if that was purposely done to make sure that one Washington would make it to the championship round and one Washington would make it to the consolation bracket. I don't want to say because I don't know. Um, I don't. I don't want to say that that might have been done on purpose. But it is kind of interesting that that's just kind of the way it played out uh, with Washington State and George Washington. Uh, we are coming down to the wire on Monday Night Football with the uh, Green Bay Packers and the uh, Los Angeles Rams. Really, Green Bay in a position where it can keep itself alive. At six and eight, and the Rams, I don't know that they're mathematically eliminated at four and ten. They might as well be, uh, if that's the case. The West has already been won, and you'd have to win out and get a little bit of help uh, in order to get to what eight and nine, which is what that would be. Standings right now, as the uh, uh, as it looks in the NFL, uh, when we're talking about playoff positioning in the NFC. Oh man, I, I I don't have any really kind things on the NFC uh, because when you look at the wild card picture and you see seven and seven, and then you look at the divisional picture 
and you see the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, who would be a four seed at six and eight, that would host a playoff game. And if the season ended today, by the way, it would be um would it be Minnesota, Washington, Niners, Giants, Cowboys, Bucks. And it would be Cowboys, Bucks, a ten win Cowboys team going on the road to play in Tampa. If that's the way things shake out because Tampa Bay would be a divisional winner. And by the way, zero problem with it. Win your division. Uh, you deserve, I don't care about the record. If you win your division, you deserve the perk of being able to play at home. Uh, even if, yes, it's a 10-win Dallas team. Um, that's uh, that's what you get for winning your division. That's, uh, that's, that's the uh, challenge in front of you. Now, the NFC got a bit more interesting, though. As much as I make fun of uh, looking at the seven seed, Washington seven six and one, Seattle behind that at seven and seven, Detroit behind that at seven and seven, um, the NFC's gotten a little interesting with the Jalen Hurts injury, and you know, that was suffered in a in a in a tough game with Chicago over the weekend. Hurts, uh, well, could be out for a couple of weeks, could be out longer. I think the experts say it's best to, to rest that injury that uh, 10 to 14 days with that sprained shoulder. Um, and the fortunate thing is Philadelphia's got a three-game lead. Uh, well, they're 13-1. and one. We know Philadelphia's a, a playoff team, and they've got that um, pretty much locked up. They've clinched a playoff berth. I don't think they've clinched the division just yet. Again, three-game lead, and you still got a matchup with Dallas coming up on Saturday on Christmas Eve. Um, but it is not a bad time. I mean, it's never a good time to get hurt. Uh, it's never good to have a shoulder injury. But I think this has made Philadelphia's job a little bit easier. At some point, 13-1, with three more weeks to go, um, I think you would have the conversation at some point about whether you want to play Jalen Hurts or not play Jalen Hurts. And... Uh, I would have been in the camp if healthy. I would have said you play him. And the reason why I, I would have said that is because the bye week means everything. Um, and, and, and football, a bye week is nice. You'd like to have it, but you're watching other teams down the stretch that are in a good rhythm, that especially toward the back end might not be limping into the playoffs, but might actually be gaining some steam. Um, I, I look at a, a Washington, for example. Uh, Washington, if they were to get Philadelphia, Washington's not a team I'd take lightly because I feel like Washington's playing a little bit better right now. If it were the Giants, well, the Giants started well. They've struggled since. But, you know, when you have that bye week, that takes away the opportunity to to, to continue the momentum that you have. You want to be healthy. Health is important. But there are a lot of equalizers when you get to January. Weather is an equalizer. And um, being in Philadelphia where it's going to be cold, uh, you may have some snowy conditions. That's an equalizer. Um, you know, and, and that's and that's not just, you know, that's, that's something the home team does have to deal with, whether um, they want to admit that or not. So that's one problem. Um, but I think you would have loved to play Jalen Hurts because I'd, I think you'd, you'd love to keep him consistent, keep him going, keep his momentum moving, keep the team's momentum moving. Um, now that decision's pretty much been made. Let him sit, let him rest. Although, 
if he is good to go by week 17 or week 18, I would play him. Um, if he is at least 90% healthy, I'd play him. Um, I would want him ready to go in the postseason so that he's got uh, a good momentum into the bye week and, uh, and and off to whoever they play. But, man, that NFC, Washington with a tie, Giants with a tie, Seattle and Detroit 7-7, seven and, seven, and Green Bay could get to 6-8 and eight and be a game back. The AFC is interesting. We didn't spend a lot of time on Tua um, with, with the loss to Buffalo, and part of why we didn't spend a lot of time on Tua is because it wasn't Tua's fault. Um, Tua Tagovailoa performed admirably well in cold conditions, in Buffalo, conditions where I probably would argue probably should have led to not playing the game. It is what it is. They played. Uh, Tua was good. Had a couple of key drops from his receivers that impacted them, and the Dolphins lost. And the Dolphins are now in a situation in which they are eight and six, and um, you know with with three games to go. Now there's pressure. You've got the Patriots and Jets right behind you. Um, you've got Jacksonville behind that. Uh, Chargers are eight and six, and we know uh, they have the, uh, the the tie break because of the win over Miami. So uh, Miami's in an interesting spot now here in the last three weeks, and you've got to wrap up the year divisional games with New England and and, and the Jets, and that means everything. Those divisional games absolutely mean everything. You got to have them. Miami's in a position uh, at New England, cold weather against the Jets at home, and, and you know, Green Bay on Christmas Day. If Green Bay's got any momentum, that is kind of a scary one. So there's a lot to watch um, as uh, as we go through the final three weeks. Tua certainly will be paying attention to him. We'll see you next uh, – we'll see you Wednesday. Or we won't see you Wednesday because uh, – actually, no, we will see you Wednesday. We won't see you tomorrow. I totally misread my out time. So we're still here. Thank you, Tanner, for not hitting the commercial break and keeping me on task with the out time. Uh, we're off tomorrow. We've got uh, we've got bowl season continuing here on ESPN Honolulu. But we will see you tomorrow night. It is uh, coaches versus cancer at the Connie Capilla Grill uh, at the Outrigger. We're going to talk to Iran Ganat. Uh, six of the other coaches are going to be there. Um, some of the ESPN personalities uh, will be there as well. Tickets still available, by the way, if you want to be there. Hawaii Bowl Foundation. Dot org. So uh, so make sure you check that out. All right, now it's time to go. Bowl season tomorrow. We'll see you at the Outrigger. The Brotherhood is coming up next.